0: Going.
1: Hello? Hi. Hello? It's us. Okay. Yes.
0: I didn't know if you were testing it or if you were saying hello to the people. Hello? I was
1: <laughs> Both. Why not? This is Black Chick Lit. Seconds ago, Danielle said that she was a mess um, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually.
0: And physically, to be honest.
1: And I coughed so hard, I threw up yesterday. So... We're. That's where we're at. We're here, she said, "We're." That's where we're at. She said, "We're not allowed to say we're back." So we're saying, "This is where we're at."
0: Yeah. So I'm sorry you're sick. Yeah, that's why I just said I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it now. That's why this episode was kind of late because Molly got sick, and I had a very yeah, small I got nervous breakdown,
1: and I got the flu. That's that. Sucked. Danielle had a nervous breakdown, I, I but also did. finished her studies.
0: I mean, one is related to the other. Yeah. Yeah. I was (laughs) crying in a car last Tuesday when this book came out because I had convinced Uh myself Uh I did so badly on the final exam that I failed the whole class and would have to repeat it. Mm
1: -hmm. But that didn't Mm -hmm. happen. Sounds right about where you should be at at this point. (laughs) You know, you're like, shit, what happened? Yeah, but that didn't happen. you
0: know, you... You made it through. Yeah. I got a B plus in the class.
1: I'm proud of you.
0: Thank you. Good. B
1: plus is good.
0: B's get degrees. So.
1: B's get degrees. There you go.
0: Yep. I graduate. Oh my gosh. Less than two weeks is the graduation ceremony. December 15th. Yeah. So I will be an official extra grown up and I'm never going back to school again. Nice. Yeah, so I'm, I noticed. hope you've been feeling better. I hope you are at least over the flu. Uh,
1: yeah, I like I said, I got a cold. We had a big gala at work, and I got a cold. Oh, no. And then my boyfriend got the flu, so I got the flu shot. And then immediately after, I got the flu. And then I was starting to feel better. I strolled into work. I was like, hey, everybody, what's up? And then literally yesterday we got Chipotle. Oh, no. And I was sitting and watching, um, right? Oh, no is correct. We were watching 90 Day Fiance, and I was screaming at the television. And then I was like, I don't feel so good. And I threw up everywhere.
0: I'm so sorry. So
1: it's been a busy couple of weeks, I think.
0: Yeah. Also... Donald Trump is still president Mm -hmm. and like, he's trying extra hard this past month to be terrible. Like he was trying all year, but like these past few months, he's really been pushing it. And I'm tempted to walk to DC myself and be like, please just sit down, bitch. I feel really saucy (laughs) tonight. (laughs)
1: Relax, relax yourself. Damn, it's cold.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And
1: like Los Angeles is on fire currently, which is not, Far from here. Um, It's kind of a uh, fiery hellscape, a lot of people have been saying today. Um, I've
0: seen seen the photos.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just kind of, it's windy. Just kind of an interesting couple of weeks. Lots going on.
0: Yes. But I am on the upswing in doing better. One, because I'm done with this damn class. Two, because, I mean, I stopped ignoring, I stopped paying attention to the news for a little bit. I wrote some letters to um, (laughs) some senators and a representative.
1: So Uh, I feel like I've done
0: something. So I.
1: And you know what? We are alive. Um, We're thriving and we're, we're still black. So. Exactly. Like, like my grandpa said, all he's got to do is stay black and that's what we're here to do so they try to tear us down and we say "Mm, good luck with that
0: like that anchor did to kathy ray
1: like that anchor did to kathy ray we're Uh, here to get your life together
0: you If you didn't know, this lady wrote a letter to an anchor in Atlanta, I believe, where she called her the N-word, and I think the anchor leaked the email, and Twitter was on it and already has that lady fired from her job at Delta. People are not messing around this year. They're done. Nice. So, but we're going to focus, we're going to ignore all that. I told myself for this whole hour and a half, whatever we're recording, I am not going to focus on Trump or bigots, well, outside of the mm -hmm. bigots that are in the book. Trump or bigots <laughs> or any of that stuff, because I don't uh-huh, want to bring uh-huh. us down in this space. So we're going to do this. Before we get to the book talk, we were going to do some news talk, though. Yes. So, as we normally do. Yes. So today, this will tell you, this will date, this episode will tell you how late we are. They announced the time people <laughs> of the year. It was not Trump, despite what he previously tweeted. Uh-huh. It was the Silence Breakers. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I looked at the cover, like, briefly on Twitter. Today was, like, a pretty busy day. And I was just like, oh, what's going on here? I came up and I was like, okay. And then one of my coworkers sent me a very angry (laughs) um, email message saying, why is Taylor Swift on the cover of Time Magazine? This is just because she didn't get a Grammy, and we still need a Grammy Nod or whatever, and they feel like they still need to include her somehow and I was like, "Do you
0: I didn't even recognize her at first
1: I didn't recognize I her re- either like
0: she's permed her hair or something, and I was like who i mean i she looks a little chubbier. I didn't even know that was her at first until uh, yeah Love I didn't Me- recognize her <laughs> on Twitter." Was like, I know why Taylor Swift is on the time cover, but why is Taylor Swift on the time cover? And so
1: now I don't want to, you know, say anything false. Um, I'm not I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. I I don't like hate her or anything like that. I just don't like her. I don't know her. You know what I mean? I, I don't I can't I don't know any of her songs. I don't really know much about her. I don't like a lot of what she represents. Um, but day to day I try not to think about her (laughs) so I don't know if she's ever really done anything I know that she had that trial I don't know if she's been exactly the lawsuit Um, I don't know outside of that or in addition to that if she's really advocated for um, for women and this 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 um this issue outside of that like i when i when i've been reading about it when i've been listening when i've been hearing people talk her name has not come up if again if i'm wrong because i usually filter actually i do i i have filtered her name out of twitter um (laughs) I forgot that I did that, but I think I sent you the screenshot. So if I am wrong, like forgive me and point me to where she's like said something or advocated or done something that really is putting her at the center of this, of this movement that would warrant her to be on this cover. But until then, I think that there are other women who have been speaking up, not just actresses not just wealthy people like across the board who have been speaking up and sp- talking about how insidious like this this attitude towards women is and how sexual assault and um vulnerable women in the workplace is a real issue that we need to deal with and they've been saying it for years and years and years and they've been saying it across socioeconomic platforms <clears throat> there have been people talking about this. I have not seen Taylor Swift talk about this.
0: Again, I will say, correct me I'm, if I'm
1: wrong, but, but show me where.
0: I will say I am not a Taylor Swift fan, but I follow and consume a lot of pop culture because mm-hmm. that's how basic I am. And Taylor has faced a lot of criticisms. And so she had the lawsuit and she sued a man who groped her for a symbolic dollar because she wanted him to admit she was wrong. Which, you know, mm-hmm. what, I'm fine, I'm glad she won and I'm glad it raised some awareness to that does it equal the level of the work that some of the other people in the articles have in, cause I skimmed through the article that the others have done. No, she's not mm-hmm. even, she's one of the biggest names on that list. They also do Megan Kelly and they do um, Terry Cruz. But I think mm-hmm. when we're talking about this conversation of like sexual assault that we've been having and sexual harassment, she has not been a leading, I don't, she has not been like a leading, I guess, voice or she's not breaking any silence. She did the lawsuit And yeah, I guess you could say it raised awareness about it, but there are people doing it a lot longer and a lot more loudly than she was. And I also think my issue with Taylor Swift is outside of the sexual assault, she's kind of problematic when it comes to terms of like why she claims to be a feminist and why she, and mainly she uses feminism in my opinion to profit from it. Like her idea of feminism is like her and all her rich model friends uplifting each other. But when it comes to actually speaking out on things that affect all women intersectionally she's kind of silent and i think and i just think you know she knows she's a white woman and can get away with shit which is why i'm really side-eyeing her so i don't really feel especially you know my heart isn't especially warm to see her on the cover of this magazine as like some kind of like trailblazer who's helping to fight sexual assault because eh, there are others who are doing it a little better i would have rather had kesha to be perfectly honest yeah, true. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, I, I, awesomely, Lovey wrote a whole post, which I thought was interesting. Because I guess yeah. she said something on Twitter, and then all these disappointed, in air quotes, white women came for her, and she was like, sit down, I ain't got time for this. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I'm i hot and, col- and cold on Lovey, but um, it, she makes some good points. Um yeah. It's just... It just seems kind of like, huh? Like seeing the cover, you're just kind of like, huh? Yeah. You know, not saying that Taylor can't be a part of it. Not saying that she like needs to sit down and shut up anywhere. But I don't see her using her platform um, to the ex, like the the praise that she gets is not mm-hmm. in line with with what I see her doing
0: her actions yeah her actions you know what I'd love to see Uma Thurman mm. cuz I feel like she's going to say some shit oh yeah and it's going to it's going to be real
1: <laughs> see I don't, I don't so, know enough about Uma Thurman
0: I know her from Kill Bill and I saw did you see that Access Hollywood like pull quote or sound bite she gave uh uh-uh. uh about how she was, like, visibly shaking with anger because they asked her, what do you think about these allegations? And she's, like, visibly shaking with, like, and she's, like, I've learned that I do not do well when I talk out of anger. And so when I Uh, have a chance to put my thoughts together, I will say what I need to say. And it was, like, uh, holy holy shit, Uma Thurman's going to drop some truth. So it was really interesting to see.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. I'll
0: have to send it to you. Yeah, it's been cuz she's like you can see you know when you can tell someone is trying to control themselves like viscerally yeah
1: yeah like i rats. mean it's it's an important conversation and i yeah. i think it is i think it is important to critique the um the response as well um mm-hmm. it seems like uh levy in her piece is getting backlash saying like don't shoot internally i think is the phrase that she's saying but I think that if we don't stop and question, like, yeah, it's good that we call people to task, but we need to be um, intentional in how we act. And we need to make sure that voices aren't getting lost or things don't become purely symbolic. Like, people are seeing real world consequences for fucked up shit right now. And that's mm-hmm. good. Like, we need to continue to to do the good. And not say, not let it turn into something that's just pure, like not lose the message, not lose the heart of it. Kind of like we were talking um, in the last episode about the um, NFL protest and how that was kind of co-opted. Like, oh, we all kneel together and it means nothing anymore. It's like, let us continue to move move with intentionality and I just hope that this right. this cover is not the first step to co-opting this movement.
0: Well, I was reading this article. This is off... This is in our notes, but you're what you just said made me think of it. This woman got in trouble because she saw that me too was trending and she owns a Uh jewelry company and she quickly worked to get some me too jewelry made. Yeah. And the internet was swift with its backlash. They were like, are you really trying to profit off of people's pain and stories right now? Yeah. So, I mean, on some point once I think once it hits hashtag level, it's already kind of hit that, but yes, I agree. I hope the good keeps, I hope the truth keeps coming out and people keep listening. Yeah, and yeah. we can have these conversations. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about Nettie? Or do you just want to I I mean I think
1: we should address it because, you know, have difficult conversations. <laughs> I I pulled it up. I'm looking at these tweets right now.
0: I had to struggle to find some screenshots. For those who don't know, um, N- Nettie Okorafor, who we have read, mm-hmm. um, decided that Twitter was the place to have a conversation about. I guess her question was when a man is accused, her exact question was, when a man is accused of sexual misconduct, why are we supposed to automatically believe the accuser? And she's, she wanted people, I guess, to anger her without, or to answer her without anger or being rude. But I sort of feel like, first of all, this isn't really the platform for that conversation.
1: No.
0: So I don't know why you thought you could have it on Twitter of all places. No. Second of all, I don't think anyone automatically – we don't automatically believe the accuser. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to show that we're taking the accusation seriously. Right. Like, what's the other option? To not believe them?
1: Yeah. I like, mean, people are asking for for due process, basically, for if the system worked as it sh- had been working as it should, and a person who experienced, um, you know, sexual harassment or assault could go and have a process that was due to adjudicate this and figure out the truth and come up with a quote unquote just solution, if that's the way the world worked, then. Yeah, just saying automatically, ooh, you know, this guy did this, this guy did that would be bad, but that's not that's not the way they this worked and that's not what people aren't asking to automatically label someone as a rapist. They're asking for for their due process rights to be heard, to be listened to. They say yeah, I want consequences when these things happen. Uh, nobody's looking to burn people in the streets. They just want—they want the process to work the way it's promised to. So all this, oh, uh, I, I can't think of it. Uh-
0: Well, there seems to be this idea that, like, people will, like, so I know what, I can tell you exactly who inspired this. It was George Takai. George Takai got accused of sexual misconduct. Mm -hmm. And, like, I respect and like George Takai, but, and I, it is kind of, you know, you don't want to believe that about people, but you have Mm -hmm. to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And then I think she tried to come back with, like, well, you know, people accuse famous people of all sorts of things. And it's, like, have you seen the way people get treated when they, they get treated, like, Like, they get trashed pretty badly. And so, like.
1: She was like, "Oh, people do it for for attention or to get famous." And I think someone says, "Name well, no one one's... famous person who got famous from some."
0: <laughs> yeah, name one person who got famous accusing someone of rape. Right. So it's just sort of ridiculous, and it's just like while we're having these conversations, I don't really think it's helpful. Now, someone I think in the and I don't know if this is where she was going, but someone in the mentions brought up, well, like you know. It used to be back in the day, black men would be accused unfairly of rape all the time. Uh-huh. And I think I don't think that's an invalid concern to bring up. Yeah. But I just don't appreciate the way she said, Why do we automatically. Like, she worded it like, I don't know. And I will say, I was going through some of Nettie's other tweets, and I was not impressed. Yeah, what, I'm not here, what I don't us? want to sit here and dump. She was, like, kind of being a little bit hateful towards black Americans versus. She was upset that Afrofuturism has so many African American writers. Yeah. And were See, to her, that's
1: that's what there was something in the back of my mind was like Eddie said yeah. Eddie said something once and I unfollowed her. What yeah. was it? And people what were was trying was to
0: explain it? to her that Afrofuturism was a genre that started with African American sci-fi writers. Mm-hmm. And so she's upset that there are not very many, you know, like native, like African writers in the genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's just what it is.
1: Yeah. And so,
0: like, a lot of people were, like, pushing back on her. And she was being very dismissive about, like, I said what I said. If you don't get it, that's on you. And it's like, well, you said this really weird kind of, you know, offensive thing. And now you don't want to explain it. Yeah. So, I don't know. After I saw that, I was like, uh eh, I don't want to sit here and dump negativity on people. No. I just was not comfortable with that. And I so far that's like I don't know if I want to read the third book at this point. Yeah
1: like we we honestly we were following a lot of these discussions and kind of going back through some old tweets and stuff and it was kind of like we had again hard discussions and what do you do when quote unquote your fame is problematic um, and yeah. we really thought like are we going to read that next book on uh, like I, it's weird to say wearing. our platform but like <laughs> because she does not need us to sell books or anything like that it's not like we're doing everyone right. a huge favor but it's like do we want to invest our time and energy obviously we is. are held together with like glue and paper clips <laughs> at this point <laughs> do we want to spend what resources we have talking about this thing or something from someone who makes us pause and we don't have any answer to that yet Like, we really don't. I I still like the books a lot, but a lot of the things that I was seeing were really making me think, hey, hmm, wait a second.
0: Yeah, maybe this book really isn't for me, or maybe this isn't written. Written It's written for me. Because, like, I can't identify as anything but African American. I'm not African, which is also why I didn't feel comfortable. Some of the things we couldn't talk about because we weren't really African, but it's like,
1: I mean, we get it. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe very that, fragile. Maybe that,
1: that's right. a discussion for another another day. Because I kind of felt similar reading um, Americana, like, you know, oh, this uh, is a book about yeah, black that. people, but this isn't. Some of the things in here, some of the ways she describes black women, some of the things that she said has said in interviews, make me think maybe this really isn't for me. Maybe I'm. Yeah. Got this idea about something that it. I don't know. I don't know. I think that that is a totally different discussion that we might not have it the is. bandwidth for it's right too now. Too big for right now. <laughs> but it just so. I, like you like we said earlier. Like it, it. It's it's been a year of having difficult discussions and looking at some stuff in the like unforgiving light of day. And yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no simple answers. We're just gonna have to figure it out
0: but we did read this book we did With read this segue. book i'm getting so much better at these segues
1: have we said the name of the book yet we haven't no we
0: can say it now <laughs> we read a hope divided by Alyssa cole who mm-hmm. speaking of twitter's i will never unfollow <laughs> hers is pretty great She is hilarious um, in Twitter. <laughs> she she really is um this is our second in the series and it's the second one we've read we read an extraordinary union some month last year i'm a blur right now we read it earlier we'll yeah it.
1: we read it a couple months um, ago
0: but i was like look at us we're we've been around long enough to like start whole series now and to have yeah. past episodes to direct y'all to. so look at us
1: yeah and i i mean um, i i think we should is- say that Alyssa did reach out to us and ask if we wanted the advanced copies um, which, which is, like, so sweet. on the one hand, yeah, it's, it's like super sweet. I really love that. Um, I want to be honest and say, yeah, we did get the advanced reader copies. And then I also yeah. want to be like, look at us getting advanced reader copies. So <laughs> yeah,
0: I think this is, and I think every time first... we've got
1: that, that has asked us, like we've requested yeah. a couple, um, yeah. but this is the first so. person who's reached out to us to ask. Yeah. So that was exciting. It was exciting to get it, it in the mail. It was addressed to black chick lit. I was like, oh. I almost took a picture of it. But then I was like, my address is on this.
0: Well, seeing it on the envelope was like, holy crap, this is a legit thing we're doing. Right? So, right? It was a very self-affirming <sighs> moment. And I appreciate that she gave us that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do what we normally do. We are going to read it. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about our feelings about it. And then we mm-hmm. will say whether or not we recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, go. We're going to go ahead. This book just came out last week. So if you have not yet re- read it, maybe yeah. read spoilers. it and come back. Because we're going to get into spoilers. And um, I'm just going to include this as a standard synopsis, too. Or a standard warning, too. My synopsis is not all-encompassing. It's just a general outline of sort of the main plot. So there'll be other threads we may talk about. In the course of the discussion but here is the general plot so a hope divided takes us back into the civil war shortly after the events of extraordinary union this time the war is hitting much closer to home marley is a young medicine woman who uses her knowledge of roots and botany to treat illnesses and injuries suffered by union soldiers and escaping slaves she's also biracial i don't mention this in my thing but in my little synopsis but she has a black mother and a white father as part of her woo, effort woo. to help the cause, she smuggles coded messages into a nearby Confederate prison, and it is there that she meets Ewan McCall, a Union counterintelligence officer, with a violent pass. Mm-hmm. Marley's home quickly becomes a, her prison when her white brother, Stephen, or Stephan, not Stephen, I guess, comes to the family home, Lynchwood, and brings his racist wife with him, mm-hmm. a staunch Confederate with ties to the local Home Guard, a violent organization that terrorizes anyone not rooting for the South cause. Melody is allowed to run the house and Marley while her husband sits silently by. Things get even more complicated mm-hmm. when Marley discovers Ewan hiding on her her family's property after escaping the Confederate prison. Confined to Marley's rooms, the two grow closer while things in the home grow more dangerous. Melody is taken I'll up say. with a really racist Confederate officer by the name of Khalil. I kept thinking. Okay, sidebar. I read Khalil and I kept thinking of the kid from Baby's Kids. That's an aside. <laughs> ignore it. Um, who turns the family home into a makeshift home base. After discovering that Marley is actually Stevens' daughter, Melody threatens to sell the freeborn Marley into slavery. Faced with no other choice, the couple leave Lynchwood to try and make it to Tennessee. Along the way, they run into slaves and poor Southerners alike before landing with a group of armed and trained deserters. They stay with the group for a bit while Marley provides first aid and learn that, and learn that the group has plans to go after Khalil. Eventually, the notorious Confederate commander and his home guard ambush the group, hog-tying and severely injuring Ewan in the process. Marley and Ewan struggle to disarm him before eventually being saved by Daniel who was mentioned in the previous book, and other members of the Loyal loyal League. The book ends with the two making a home in Kentucky where Marley is able to continue her botany work and they get there happily ever after. Yay! Yay. Um, That synopsis did not at all really touch on the romance. There was a romance in this one. (laughs) Um, uh, Both the hero and the heroine have, like, issues with a capital I that work through Marley has trust issues after learning her family had lied to her for her entire life, which Mm -hmm. brought her parents, which brought her which made her question her parents' relationship with each other and their circumstances of her own conception. Ewan was kind of murdery and was aware <laughs> enough to know that that doesn't exactly attract a woman. So we can discuss that, too. Yeah, He was very, like, yeah, I like, I hurt people. And I yeah, get it. Ewan it's was, like, but, um... <laughs> maybe a step
1: away from, like, a serial killer.
0: <laughs> when I read one review where they said, like, he might have been autistic. And I thought, like, well... I don't want to say he's autistic just because he's like got social issues, but yeah, he he has. I don't know about a serial killer. I would do more like a gun for hire. Like he has a skill that he's very good at, and yeah, that skill you, just happens no, to be
1: no. You if Ewan was alive at a different time, he'd be like making. I don't know. If not killing people, then at least thinking about it. He loved him some killing. He, he loved he, him some torture. He,
0: I don't think he liked it. I think he, he just also loved it. him
1: some living in a little room in the roof. <laughs> the roof.
0: Yeah. So the part where she finds him, they're like together. I could not, I don't remember the sense of time, but they're together for a few weeks, just like hanging out in these rooms while they hide him mm-hmm. from her crazy family. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. I will say um, this one seemed to have more action and really like, I guess less sex and romance than the first book did. True. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was interesting because I thought this book was, I have in my notes, this book was really relatable. I could really relate to Marley because just like her, everything starts terrible and then it just gets even more terrible and more terrible. And eventually you're having like a small breakdown because shit just keeps getting bad. So I could relate to that because it's like her family comes and they bring this crazy racist lady and then the racist lady brings an even more racist guy yeah. And then they break into a room and like it just gets worse. And it's like, I can relate.
1: Yeah. Um, and then she
0: discovers her brother is actually her, her father. father. <sighs> so I
1: will say that um so, yeah. the villain in this, um the I guess it's technically her stepmom.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that's twisted. That's
1: twisted. Yeah, yeah, like there was the villain in the like you know, you want to compare her to the um the girl in the first book, um, kind of the debutante oh, Susie. girl, Susie. This was no Susie. Yeah. Like this Mar- what's her name? Marley was evil. Like she was evil. Melody. Oh, Melody, yeah. sorry. Oh, Melody yeah. was evil. Yeah. All these Marley M names. is the
0: main character. Melody is the lady.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I had a little bit of a fever while I was reading parts of this. forgive
0: me Susie was an amateur compared to Melody because Melody was I think a lot more violent and she was a lot more willing to Susie will not like actively I think well because Susie felt she was surrounded by people who knew their place yeah. so she could throw her little temper tantrums and like call Elle ugly and all these other things whereas Melody felt like she had to put this woman in her place. Yeah. Yeah. She was a lot more racist about it and a lot more violent about it. Yeah.
1: Like the scene where they come into her room and like, are like, Oh, we're going to sell you. Like that was, that was scary. Like, I I don't think, um, the first book had like actual scary moments in it, but this had like moments where you're like, Oh shit, girl, you gotta get out of here.
0: Yeah. Because, um, so this book, have you read Homegoing? Uh, uh, there is um not to spoil too much, I don't think, but there is like this chapter in Homegoing where like there's the woman who's free born mm-hmm. and she gets captured and sold into slavery. Mm-hmm. And like the family, her other family never knows what happens to her because at the time men, I guess because of the Fugitive Slave Act the Southern slave catchers were just catching anybody yeah. and selling them to slavery and no one was really checking. So like after reading that, reading this scene didn't make it seem a lot. It was really scary. Yeah. And I also had this moment because of that book where I was like tripping out wondering how many family members do you think I could have who I don't even know are family. Yeah, Who I know I must have, who I don't know are family just because of like the legacy of slavery yeah. between breaking up families and selling people apart.
1: I don't know. And it's like, and what implications does that have? on us as black people now like you know what yeah. I mean like how we kind of think of ourselves collectively like you know you could take it in a funny like oh uh all black people know each other and it's like you do kind of feel that kinship with other black people where mm-hmm. you know recent memes tell us uh that it be your own <laughs> your own <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which might not always be true, but it's like you do you do feel I don't know if they told you this growing up, but it's like you have to treat other black people in the world. You know, like we were always told, always nod at people, always say hello. Hello. If you see other black people out in the world, because that's like your kin, that's your family. mm -hmm. And it's like, I wonder if some of your people and I wonder if some of it is because so much of our own history was taken away from us, that it's very natural that we had to kind of think of ourselves as family. Um, But maybe going back to some of the conversations that you were having about Nettie and stuff earlier, that maybe that's not as universal as we think it always has been that feeling like you could be my family, if not for, yeah, you might be my family genetically, you know, I don't know. That's a weird tangent. Yeah. Maybe think
0: of it. Well, if I can loop it back, mm-hmm. compared to... I don't mean to keep comparing this to the first one, mm-hmm. but I'm probably going to. <laughs> compared to Elle, I don't think Marley in this book... She doesn't have as many black people around her as Elle She doesn't have as many ties True. to like other black enslaved people. She's surrounded by her sister slash aunt <laughs> and then the people she meets at the prison. Uh-huh. So she, she has the older guy, Tobias, mm-hmm. in some of the other work, but she doesn't feel... Like she feels affection towards
1: them, but she doesn't feel that she's more of a solitary character all around.
0: Yeah. And she's also, I think, because she's free and because she is biracial. Mm -hmm. Maybe she just, I don't think, I got the feeling that she did not feel that she could relate to what they were going Mm -hmm. through. Yeah. And likewise, they couldn't relate to her. Yeah. Because that was one thing I remember, Elle had all those people hanging around. Yeah. Mainly because she lied to them and she had to make them all believe she was me, which was funny.
1: Yeah, I I will say that there I felt a big difference between the two characters. Um which was interesting. Like they feel like two separate and distinct people, which I, it would be easy to fall in the trap of like oh, this is just the strong, smart, char- you know, uh, female lead and here's yeah. the handsome Scotsman who's her lover and every single book be exactly the same, but no, they felt like distinct people.
0: Well, because it, you do run a risk when you're an author of multiple series mm-hmm. or multiple books, where sometimes, like, I love Beverly Jenkins, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you can tell you can tell a Beverly Jenkins hero because they sent, tend to have the same traits, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that as a negative. It's just sort of like she's written so many books though, and at some yeah. point she's just got to be like, "Look, this is what y'all like." Yeah, I've written fifty of these things.
1: <laughs> she's like, "Girl, you gonna buy so, it?" That's another. That's another Twitter account. Right. I love Beverly Jenkins' Twitter account. <laughs>
0: She, she was, what did she say holla holla it's a dolla. yeah she did say that we shared that her book we shared that forbidden was for sale and she retweeted it with holla, holla it's she a is like, probably
1: like one of my favorite authors that we've had interactions with because she's just so <laughs> damn funny <laughs> like, oh yeah, she's
0: God. just like i love it
1: i love it
0: oh my gosh yes. oh man um but yeah, there was, that reminds me, oh, one thing that my synopsis does not touch oh. on, and I think we need to talk about it, is her mother. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, I really like those chapters.
0: Yes. The We don't mention, so in this so basically, Marley is the daughter of a black mother who has, um, I didn't know how to call it. I refer to her as medicine woman in the thing, and I don't feel that's right, like a root woman? She does, like, root work, or, like, hoodoo. Yeah, sort of like, the sort of like, um, the grandma from Sing Unburied Sing, yeah similar so we have these two women mm -hmm, who do root work and she teaches marley everything that she Mm -hmm. knows and then when marley i believe she's like 10 or 11 she sends her to live with her yeah when
1: she's maybe a preteen or so she's pretty young yeah
0: and then i don't think she sees her mother ever again
1: no i think she goes back a couple times but she says like there's a distance between i i kind of remember her saying like uh when she would go back each time, she felt like more and yeah, more distant right. toward her mother because she didn't really know her history because her mother was born in the Caribbean, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And then she was sold mm-hmm. and um, transported to the United States. And so she spoke French as her first language and she had these, like her experience was was fundamentally fundamentally different than Marley's experience. And she could never really ask her about this until she got, like, basically her life mm-hmm. story that the mother had written down for her and she she received after the mother yes. passed away.
0: Yes. So I thought one thing that sort of got me is, like, when she first goes with this white family, she tries to do one of her mother's, like, um... What do they call it? Throw. She throws... She, like, she tries to throw a spell... Mm-hmm. That doesn't even sound right. I don't know the right terminology, but she tries to do something to make her mother come back for it and it doesn't work. And it sort of makes her lose her own faith in like her mother's beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so Marley turns more to like books and botany and like the more sciency parts of the root work. And I think she doesn't realize, because they have a moment where Ewan is like helping her translate her mother's Mm -hmm. books and he sort of refers to it as like, superstition mm-hmm. or like silly. He says something kind of dismissive I saved it but I didn't know we were going to talk about th- yeah and I, I've saved all these other things <laughs> but he says something where he sort of dismisses it and she gets sort of hurt because like this is what you think of my mother and of her 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 beliefs. Um, Yeah suddenly you're not too tired of hoodoo talk and so he has to like sort of apologize for that whole thing because she feels insulted and slighted by that. And that was kind of a really real visceral moment, because I did feel like an ouch for her because like that's a shitty thing to say. But yeah, the relationship with the mother was really interesting. Vivian or Viviane. I can happen not pronounce anybody's <laughs> names. Between Khalil, who I could not is it, I kept picturing the kid from Bebe's kids, and it really took away some of the violence of his. Kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so you know i love a
0: baby's kids but, um, joke. um i <laughs> we haven't had a baby's kids reference in a, minute, in a while that's true um um i think but yeah so i will say we're moving really fast that's because i have a lot of things to say if you ever want to stop me well i was gonna say the reveal that Stephen, uh-huh. Stephen, i don't know that Stephen, stefan is actually her father just
1: it surprised me just
0: <laughs> caught me I was like, for real? Like, it <laughs> messed me up. I was not expecting that at all. I, for some reason, held out hope that this guy would, like, grow a spine, tell his wife to cut the Something. shit out, and, like, become a stand-up guy. And then he just yeah. left. And I was, like, legitimately had my feelings hurt.
1: He bounced. And I was like, oh, where? Huh? And he
0: was like... <laughs> where are you... Okay. Because, like, she... He she's sitting here talking trash to your own daughter and cuckolding you, I think the book implies. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: then he just leaves. And then you just leave her ass and leave. So now we're all dealing with her.
1: I mean, okay, again, you know, my last time I was like, well, they just go ahead and fuck. This time, they probably should have just killed Melody. (laughs) Like, they probably... (laughs) They probably just shouldn't. <laughs> I think she says something like, oh, I could do it or something, but that wouldn't be right. And I'm like, bitch, she came up in your she house, was... though. This your house.
0: And you could do it in no, she could just, she could slip something into a drink and nobody would even notice.
1: Yeah, it's like her and Cahill or Cahill, Um This Let's your house. So you... <laughs> her and her, the uh, sister aunt and it was just like you really gotta let them walk in here like that well yeah like you got a
0: murderer up on the roof that was so wild like let him handle things he said he would he does he does at one point i bookmarked this because i kind of loved it he goes
1: he's like i can go take care of this he's like murder he needs somebody murdered he's like what does he say he's like.
0: He's like, I'll kill him if he tries to hurt you. And then he goes, he understood too late that death threats weren't quite the way to make a woman feel safer with you. I mean. Which I kind of found.
1: He does. But I mean,
0: he owns up to it. Yeah, he's he's like,
1: like you said earlier, he's got skills. It's like, you know, if a, a cricket gets into the house, I'm like, Frank, Frank, that's my boyfriend. Get the cricket, get the cricket. He gets the cricket, he takes it out. So if Frank was a trained murderer, and there was someone in my house who wanted to kill my ass or sell me into slavery to be a sex slave, she points out specifically, I would be like, Frank, get this cricket out of my house. Frank, Frank, use your skills and take care of this problem for me. But again, I might just be a more violent person than romance allows for.
0: I don't know, he was pretty violent. like. He described like that's what I kind of found was interesting. He didn't like being he violent. Just he just was learning that he was good because <laughs> he wasn't a good soldier. Yeah, he wasn't a good soldier, and they just learned that hey, he can cause people pain, mm-hmm. and he's very good at it, mm-hmm. and so that's how he served the cause.
1: Let's talk about Ewan. I wanted to compare him to Malcolm.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: I liked Malcolm.
0: I like Malcolm too. Did you not like Ewan?
1: I l- I thought Malcolm was sweet. I thought he was lovable. <laughs> he was charming. You know, even in the flashbacks, he's like trying to help him out and do his best. Ewan, I I maintain that Ewan, present day, without soldiers at the ready to let out this this murder energy, would be like, I don't know, shooting cats in the alley or something. Like Ewan was not not a good fellow. He was not totally right.
0: I think you have a harsher reading of his character than I did. <laughs>
1: i guarantee i do
0: (laughs) what was the biggest issue you had that made you feel was there any scene or was there any line or was there any like fact? like what made you decide this guy
1: was 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 he he talking something about like putting things under people's fingernails or something
0: because that's what he did as a counterintelligence officer yes
1: yeah, and just the way he was kind of talking about it, like, you know, I might say, oh, if I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I like to put peanut butter on both sides of the bread. But he was kind of like, you know, with that same, um, yeah,
0: casualness.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, but I was like, what's the red flag you
0: I guess I just read it as, like... Because he did seem kind of tortured. Like, he has... So he and Malcolm Uh share this really bad history where his father, Uh his parents, they got cleared out of Scotland. His mother was raped. His father, as a result, got drunk. And so it sort of shows that the way he protected himself was by sort of, like, becoming stoic. He, like, just didn't react. He detached himself from things because that was how he was able to protect himself. So I just sort of saw it as he wasn't a very emotionally upfront kind of guy and he wasn't a good soldier, but he would do, he could do what it needed to be. He could do what needed to be done to get the intelligence that the union needed.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, because of that, he was a bad character, or a poorly written character or that I particularly disliked him. I'm just saying something's (laughs) off about him. (laughs) Like would I hang out with, who would I hang out with him or Malcolm? You know, I think the answer is clear.
0: I did have, I have like one of the questions on the. Th- I had a thing like, if you had to choose, you are trying to make an escape for freedom, and you have a choice between uh-huh. Malcolm. And oh, L if I was, or if, if I was trying to make Marley. an escape
1: for freedom, I would take you in. Oh, really? Because I
0: picked you. If and, I was I picked, trying uh, to Malcolm and L over Ewan and Marley because they just did not seem to have it together sometimes.
1: Okay, that's true. Didn't he? He fall in, like he fell a couple times and hurt himself.
0: Well, did he hurt himself or did he get, like, violent? She did fall into, like, a cave at one point. Oh, she fell
1: into, I don't it. Know. yeah. Every, everybody was falling. And they may have been at a
0: disadvantage. There was a, there was a lot of trekking in the woods. They may have been at a disadvantage in that I think Ellen and Malcolm were more in control of their situation. Also, like, they were spies. They were,
1: like, they were yeah, trained spies. they were both spies.
0: spies. <laughs> yeah, they knew what they were doing, which is why, again, that's who I'm picking to make my escape. Whereas okay. these two were a bit more like, we are trying our best to get out of this situation. That's fair. If I had
1: to have somebody killed though, I'd take yes, you. In. agreed. Like, if I'd I had to get the job too. done, I'd take you in. If I had to, like, have the intrigue and Bond-esque, you know, me and you are going to be in, like, the, the suit and the dress, <laughs> and we're going to, like, steal this guy's money, or Ocean's Eleven, or you know uh invade the party and steal the plans malcolm if i if i just need a if i just need a motherfucker killed ewan yeah yeah if i was just trying to
0: sur, if i was just trying to survive yeah because like well in the end he's hogtied and this guy is the khalil comes back he's hogtied he like kicks him in the shin and violently breaks his leg Mm -hmm. and he's like sitting here bleeding he's sitting here thinking why didn't i kill this guy when i had the chance because khalil is the one guy he let get to him that's the whole thing Mm -hmm. khalil's the one guy he let affect him when he should have just been doing his job and should have just he got angry and he beat him up as opposed to being calm and cool he reminds me of a there's a character never mind i'm not gonna get that geeky no Um, say it you can't you can't
1: (laughs) lead with that and then not say?
0: <laughs> On Star Trek Deep Space Nine there's a character named Garrick and he tells everyone he's just a tailor but it's implied that he's not. It's implied that he is Ooh, he's a murderer. He has connections Yeah, well yeah it's, that he has connections high up in the um, Cardassian government and that he has tortured people for information. And he's really very charismatic and very cool but he could straight up murder you if, yeah. if, if he finds it convenient. And so I sort of you and sort of reminded me of that.
1: Yeah, without so, the charisma. I don't even
0: remember where I was. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, he was a little awkward, but that's okay. I find that endearing. But um, I don't even remember where I was going with this point <laughs> before I got distracted by Star Trek. But um, I don't know. I just, they did could of stumble at the end, though. He didn't, oh, he didn't kill Khalil when he had the chance, which is why when he ran into him again, I was disappointed when, once again, he did not kill him. He mm. hits him in the head with a rock. And then I think Daniel has to come and clean, up and clean up the mess. And Daniel and one of the Loyal League members cl- kills him. And mm-hmm. I was like, come on, guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, sorry, I distracted myself with the, the Star Trek reference. That's I'm okay. So, I, it's really, he's the best character on that show. He's like, it's really great because he lies, he cheats, you can't believe anything he says on the show. He insists that he's nothing but a tailor. And like, at the same time, he has multiple characters murdered off screen on the show. And it's like, okay. (laughs) So, but yeah, so that was my one issue. That's how I viewed Ewan and and I was just upset that he didn't kill the guy at the end because that would have, I wanted one of them to kill him. Hmm. But maybe we don't want our heroes and heroines to be murderers. Maybe, maybe not.
1: You need a job done? (laughs) Get done.
0: There was a now, line. Do you,
1: oh, go ahead, go ahead. No,
0: you go ahead. I feel like I've been monopolized monopolizing this conversation. You go ahead. I'll go next.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like there's going to be a third book. Do you Same. think that the the sister will be in it?
0: I can't figure out. Okay. I'm glad you asked this because I was like, there's, it feels like there's a third book and I can't figure out if it'll be the sister story or mm-hmm. if it'll be Daniel's story. Or if mm-hmm. somehow miraculously the sister will meet Daniel.
1: Mm-hmm. And like this entire mm-hmm.
0: set of siblings has married into the same group of friends, which is so because Daniel is the slave that Malcolm helps secure the freedom of, like the friend of mm-hmm. Elle. Mm-hmm. Ish- so he makes a comeback at the end and he's kind of mm-hmm. bitter about it. And it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> like he is like, helping out Ewan as a favorite of Malcolm, but he's really pressed about it.
1: Yeah. He's like, I'm just here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I also so I can a repay favor. a debt
0: to that guy. Yeah.
1: Don't ask me no questions. We all need to make no jokes or small talk.
0: Yeah. I would like to see the sister story.
1: I, I would be interested because the sister now was I believe that the backstory is the English came when they were running uh Malcolm mm-hmm. and Ewan and her family off their land and they mm-hmm. um gang raped the mother and um mm-hmm. that the child is the result of that act of violence, and the father um you know can't deal with it, so that's why he's so violent and ends up uh, eventually taking his own life, even though I'm kind of like, well, mm-hmm. she's the one who kind of went through it you gotta you gotta yeah. relax but um so it would be interesting to see to see that that what that character would be like. Cause so far we haven't heard too much about her. She, does she right. make an appearance in the first book when they finally get to the house and then they get the letter from Ewan, or is she not in that scene? I can't remember now. She, With Elle and it's
0: implied that L has met her cause she meets yeah. her and the mother. And I think she might be mentioned in passing, but I do yeah. not think she's in that last scene. Cause that last scene, they get the letter from Ewan and then he's in the prison. Right. And it like, it ends kind of like on a, downer note for a romance novel but yeah yeah. yeah. i don't think she's there
1: yeah i was i couldn't figure it out
0: yeah because my thinking was it seems like Alyssa cole focuses on like women of color in her stories but she also focuses on women period yeah yeah two
1: women you know maybe it's two women and they gotta well i guess it has to be a romance maybe they both have handsome males that come into their lives and they're just two kick-ass ladies who go and i don't know blow a train up or something
0: yeah but yeah but she also brought daniel back she didn't have to like bring him back as part which also makes me think he has to have some story maybe he
1: blows up the train with them
0: love it like why are we blowing up trains (laughs)
1: I was thinking of something uh, awesome, like, you know, there's a train full of, like, Confederate soldiers, and they, like, okay. Lords of Arabia blow it up, and then they're like, yeah, come on, get these Confederates. I don't, I e- watching- I don't even think they were on trains, so. though.
0: I- <laughs> <laughs> they were in Wild Wild West, which,
1: as we all know, was very historically accurate.
0: <laughs> it was, there were giant metal spiders after the Civil War, but, um... I was listening to the We Hate Movies podcast and like one of their big complaints about modern day like superhero movies is that like everything is as they quote seventy five nine elevens. It's like what happened to like oh, a good no. old fashioned train robbery or a jewel heist? I did listen to it. So, like now episode. that you say it, it's like, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> like it's always that, or a skybeam or every mm-hmm. everyone is gonna die. Everyone everywhere. And it's kinda like, huh. It's intense.
0: Beverly Jenkins has a hero who was a formal train robber and it's like it's a really kind of like seven samurai kind of story Mm -hmm. where the heroine is like on this ranch and everyone's trying to ice her out because the a rich business wants to buy her land so they can develop it and she's the only holdout and so Mm -hmm. they're like intimidating her and harassing her and then this guy comes and he brings its friends and it's kind of like a That's the 717, well, not 7 Samurai, but like the Magnificent 7. There's like, they come together to help save this ranch. Mm. That's also an aside. I don't know what that had to do with anything, but there you go. If you would like to read a book with a train (laughs) robber, there's one. (laughs) The Taming of Justin Rose is the title. Uh, There was a line Uh that I wanted your opinion of on page 145 when... Oh, I see you highlighting mom. it.
1: <laughs> I see you highlighting it on the Google Talk because I also wanted to bring this up.
0: <laughs> and it's just her, it's on page 145. Just
1: read from page to the period that she wrote there. Just read it because it's a, it's a beautifully crafted sentiment.
0: <laughs> it says, so the sister says, don't you understand her skin might be dark, but her soul is white quotes Marley's sister slash aunt, Sarah, to which I put, shut up, Sarah. It's like, Sarah, because fucking it's fucking relax, of like, my God. Well, that moment also kind of ruined me too, because like she already learned her brother is actually her father. And then she learns her aunt is running around saying, like loves her, but doesn't actually love her as she, like, yeah. she has to make these conditions in her own head to love her own niece.
1: Yeah, loves her, but is racist.
0: Yes. Which, it's I like, mean... like, for a while, I sort of, like...
1: Go ahead. In the era of Trump, maybe a lot of us are finding out. A lot of us mixed folks are finding out.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, this book was too relatable. I'm like, everything is terrible. Right. And I read it <laughs> as... White women are showing their asses.
1: I read this line in, like, a high, shrill, like, her soul is white. <laughs> And I think I just kind of, yes, if I could do a Southern accent has, so I can't do one is white, you know, put that, hit that H real hard. Um, but I definitely read that line and I was like,
0: Sarah, Sarah, it was just a, it was a very, cause I was rooting for Sarah. I was like, damn it.
1: Girl, you just, oh my God, you just like looked into my mind and saw the gift that was there. (laughs) I literally was thinking of Tyra
0: when I read this (laughs) line. I'm rooting for you, Sarah. (laughs) Because, like, uh, up until this point, Sarah's really the only person on her father's family that she has.
1: Yeah. Sarah's Mm, been relatively chill. Sarah let these fools in her house, but Sarah's been relatively chill. She did let these people.
0: It is implied that she really doesn't have any control. Like, she's a woman. The brother owns the house. True. I keep calling her her brother. He's not even her brother. The father, whoever I don't even know whose brother he is anymore. He but he was Sarah's brother. I don't know.
1: Oh yeah, he
0: probably he probably is.
1: I guess I assumed that they were brother and sister.
0: Even he probably is. I was being sarcastic. Okay, okay, yeah. I was really I was like wait,
1: and I was like trying to think about. I was like really doing some math in my head. I was like wait a second.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they are brother and sister. But, which makes me, like, I wonder, like, how young must he have been?
1: That's what I was thinking. Like, I because guess... she was Sarah when she's introduced in those that early chapter. Because she goes to get Marley, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she shows up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she was that much older than Marley.
0: She was at least old enough to travel on her yeah, own. Yeah. But... Because it's imp- she comes by herself.
1: Yeah. So maybe there's a gap. Between, I mean, obviously there's a gap between Sarah and Marley, but maybe there's a gap between the the siblings as well. An age gap.
0: Yeah. And he may he may have been so absent that no one ever noticed, like, hey, your brother's like 20 years older than you. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. So, but yeah, that line, I was like, I was rooting for you, Sarah. And, well, it comes back because earlier in the novel, Marley is sort of lamenting about how she loves her sister, but her sister never claims her as her yeah. sister. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, well, well, that's why, because she's not. Yeah. So. Um, do you want to talk about the fact that, we don't have to, because as you say, your parents listen to this. Um, the sex in this book, both of the heroes are sort of like inexperienced, which is a, another big difference from Malcolm and Elle, because they were more sexually experienced. Yeah.
1: Malcolm was like, more, here guess, it is. Less...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whereas both of these two were not, yeah. Like it's implied that you and doesn't he say something like he just women don't like hanging around him or something because <laughs> of who he is as a person. We read this book. To be fair, we read this book a month ago because we were really going to do this. I know, early. And, and then I fell apart, possible. and Molly got sick, so we know it. We're just. Some of the finer details, and I reviewed it before we, we did this meeting, this episode. Mm-hmm. And you read it quick too. You were very I loved excited it. I have to read the stuff. Yeah. fast.
1: Um, but yeah, he was. Uh, mm, yeah, he didn't have the swagger of his older brother. He
0: he doesn't really like. I think it's it'd be interesting if there was like ever a crossover, <laughs> like an Avengers style universe, Avengers style book.
1: I just imagine Malcolm just like smacking him in the back of the head and be like, "I'll oh, Guilin, get it
0: together, get it together, man. together boy." Um, because like their first interaction, and I have never read a romance novel where they do. And I know there's a name for it, like the Greek style of sex, where there's like no, this is getting blue. Um, where there's no like, penetration, and it's, like, between the thighs. And I'm like, that was different. Like, I had never come across that in a romance novel. I don't even know what it's called. I'm trying to Google it, and I'm afraid of what the results are going to be. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, um, don't Google it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't Google it. Just, I am taking this for all of us. There's a name for it. Enter something. Damn it. Um, I am getting some intercural sex, is what it's called, where it's, um, it's between the legs, the thighs. So that was different. They were a lot more awkward than our yeah, other Yeah, they were
1: stumbling. Like, they were really good at, um, you know, sitting up in that attic room and translating and the shy looks and stuff. But when it came down to just fucking,
0: yeah. they were <laughs> more timid. I like how you just say it what it is, Molly. <laughs> you are not shy. <laughs> well, yeah, because also... um, I think there's this one sweet moment. So if we may get with the the lovey stuff earlier, they run into a lady who has been raped and Marley tells her how, what to take to avoid getting Mm. pregnant or maybe to end a pregnant an unwanted pregnancy. So after they finish having sex full on real, not real, that's a bad way to describe it, but full on penetrative sex afterwards, he brings up, don't you know how to end a pregnancy? And Marley's like, Yes. And he's like, "Don't you see your mother? If your mother didn't want you, because up until this point, Marley has been agonizing over whether or not her mother sort of got left with her after being used by her father. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you're, if you knew how to get rid of a pregnancy, your mother knew how to get rid of a pregnancy, but she didn't. She kept you. And he says this like really sweet line is that's um, do not ever think that you are easy to walk away from. And I thought that was really a sweet moment because I." Thought, well, he has terrible timing to begin with, but yeah. he fixed it at the end. And I just thought, like, they had very sweet moments when they talked to each other and they actually listened to each other. They had a problem where sometimes they didn't listen yeah. to each other. But when they did, I thought it was really sweet. And that line was probably my favorite from, like, the romance parts. Yeah. Because he is pretty enamored with her from right off. He is. Like, she, she delivers books to the prison, and he, like, reads the letters. And
1: he, like, looks up and sees her, and he's like, oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really cute. Like, he writes her notes. She writes him notes, and he, like, reads the notes over and over again. He's calling himself Socrates. And she has a nickname for him. Oh, my God. Yeah, she calls him Socrates. Molly is probably, like, rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it. Molly <laughs> is was. Over. Molly is too cool for this. I thought it was really sweet because I'm like a sap. Like no, that I mean
1: I, I, I like I like sappy romance stuff, but I was just like,
0: <laughs> I can see your face. The other people can't see your face. and probably can't. But picture you can see, it, see I can my see face. See your face.
1: You can. You know me too well. No, it. it I just need more. To I think get more you just... acclimated to to romance. As the genre.
0: I think you have... I think you have modern sensibilities. Maybe. It's like, had this book taken place in, like, present day, and they could just, like, have sex and get it over yeah, with... Yeah,
1: then I probably would have been like, cool. I
0: think you would have What else th- are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think you like the, uh historical part from what I yeah
1: think and maybe that's more it maybe it's more that I, I like Daniel was asking me before like how do you like the book and I was like it's really well written I think it has a lot going for it all this all that she's like but how do you like it and I was like mm. and I just I think that more even more so than romance not being my cup of tea historical novels just really are not my cup of tea like even in school I was a lit major I the period stuff I struggled with I just really struggled with a lot of it and I just think because I I mean I don't know I don't know what it is it's just that it just hasn't ever spoken to me as much
0: which I get and I think historical romances are even different because they are more the the norms for the time were different
1: yeah and then that's even harder to like to acclimate yourself to
0: Mm-hmm. So, but I thought they were kind of sweet. I even liked that Ewan was kind of murdery. <laughs> I thought it was endearing. I thought they were endearing. They were not as well, like, Malcolm is, like, classic older brother. He was cooler. He was more charismatic. And I think even Elle, like, if I can use a modern-day word, was kind of cooler than yeah. Marley. But I think, I like I like these two. I think they work well together.
1: They were the nerds. Like, they had their letters. They were nerds. He had his Enchiridian. <laughs> They had, like, their little nerd <laughs> jokes, calling him Socrates. You saw her delivering the books. He was like, look at that sexy librarian. They were the nerds. They were <laughs> falling. They were constantly falling and tripping. I, I would I would be interested yes. to see the, the four of them together. But I, I don't know that it would happen. I'm
0: telling you, like, an adventure style. But, yeah,
1: I would be interested to see.
0: They get this... And get the sister and Daniel. Get the sister and Daniel style book where they like get a train robber. Save Lincoln. Yes,
1: Uh, Lincoln. Okay, he went around on trains, right, and did stump speeches. Okay, picture this. I assume they're gonna assassinate (laughs) Lincoln, right? But before, you know, before the maybe some alternate history or something, they're gonna they hear about a plot to assassinate Lincoln when he's on the back of the train. They, you know, our ragtag team of two spies, a botanist and a murder bro have to (laughs) have to um, save Lincoln, but they need an end. Oh, Daniel has been covertly working on the train um, along with... um, uh, a hot new character donatella uh Donatella, sure, donatella, a uh, sexy train robber who's wormed her way into his heart and they have plans to rob the train, but then uh the little Scottish sister finds out about the plot
0: that's the sister donatella
1: oh the sister's Donatella
0: did I ruin your your pitch? yeah i
1: need i need I need a um black female train robber who can seduce Daniel and get Donatella in. And right when they're about to rob the train, they find out about the plot to assassinate Lincoln. Ooh, they join up forces with Malcolm L, uh, you and Aunt Marley, and the six to eight of them <laughs> save the day.
0: The numbers are still fine. <laughs> the numbers are still fuzzy. I really liked your description of the two spies, <laughs> the botanist and the murder bro. That's how I will be referring to this cast of characters from now yes. on. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, Alyssa, girl, credit
0: me. <laughs> feel free to feel use free, that.
1: Feel free to use it, but I would like a page on the dedication saying, <laughs> you know,
0: because it just, I kind of would like to see the two brothers interacting and then the other two, like, what the hell is up with these two? <laughs> Because it'd be funny to see, like, all four yeah. of them interacting. And then maybe Daniel there yep, just being bitter. Yep,
1: Daniel, then you got to get the sister. He was then so bitter. It, it adds up, but I'd like to see it. There,
0: I do like the scene where they're like, there's this, like, random kind of funny scene where they're, after they've escaped and they're on the way to Tennessee and they're, like, hold up in an outhouse, and I don't understand what happened. Some Confederate soldier oh, yeah, comes, and he looks in. opens the outhouse door... <laughs> Sees they're both there, He says, excuse me, closes the door, and then leaves. So I can't figure out if he was drunk or if he knows what's happening or if he just, he obviously yeah, doesn't care. He, like, he just leaves them. This is
1: above my pay grade. I'm a my, my business. <laughs> He's like, I ain't see shit. He probably went back. And he was like in his tattered rags, eating his bees. He's like, I ain't see shit out there. Especially no murder <laughs> bros.
0: So it was just, it was kind of a funny moment because, like, this tension is up, and then it's like, he's like, bye. Yeah. Yeah.
1: that was I like
0: this one. I thought they were a lot nerdier than Malcolm and Elle. And they were just like, they didn't have it completely together as well as Malcolm and Elle did. Yeah.
1: But they had heart. But you know what?
0: That's probably who I would be in this. Yeah. That's who I would be in this scenario. I would not have it together either.
1: <laughs> uh, well, is there anything no. else you wanted to say before we move on to would we recommend?
0: Um, I don't think I definitely we already touched it. I definitely think there's going to be a I think book. so too. Uh and I hope yeah. I hope it's sorry. I hope Bitter Daniel is in it because I kind of he only had a few lines. I think will but he will be. I think that's a Such an impression.
1: I think that that's a a, a fair guess. and a big hint. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, she could do two more books. The sister could have her own book. Yeah. The brother could have his own that's book. True. I'll still buy them like true. So, I think that is everything. Um, I was sort of confused at the beginning. Was he captured or was he just hanging there for information? I don't
1: really know. Or was it both? Now that you mention it. And I'm sure it was in there and I've just... It could have been both. I can't quite remember at this point, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely... I remember thinking that, like, wait, wait, what?
0: So. Because it's sort of... he, it's not implied it's explicitly stated he's in this prison but it's also implied that like he has the smarts and the cunning to get out whenever he wants Yeah, he's sort of just but he just is it's easy to do at the moment <laughs> he's just kind of there and then like he decides to make this escape yeah. so I think that's it I recommend it because I mean this is right in my wheelhouse Danielle likes historicals and she likes historicals about black people and she likes romances with black people put that Venn diagram together. There you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right in the middle.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would recommend it. Um, You know, especially if you are into romance or historical, or if you're into both of them, like Danielle, then yeah, it's really, and like I said, it's really well written. Um,
0: It definitely, the bad guys are really bad. The bad
1: guys are really bad and you hate them. It didn't, after all the, kind of tropes that we talked about in romance last time it felt less Mm -hmm. like it was adhering to those like less that it was falling into some of those um uh characteristics or that template i don't know what you want to call it um so if that if if a less genre-y genre book is something that appeals to you some people it does um then i think that read this one over um uh the first book um if i had to pick i probably like the first book a little bit better just because i bet on the winning horse and like welcome <laughs> <and L. laughs> but uh yeah i would recommend it even if you're even if you're new to romance or new to historical romance i would still recommend
0: yeah um she doesn't say the word penis once so if that's a hang-up for you you know You don't need to be tweeting Alyssa Cole saying, I don't like books with the word penis. But he does say... Oh, no, wait. She definitely says cop. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I was like, she she, didn't say penis, but she definitely talks, he says member or rod, like something. Yeah, I was reading it and my boyfriend looked over my shoulder. He was like, oh, what are you reading?
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about that sort of relates to this? The New York Times decided it wanted to review romance. Oh, yeah. And it did such a terrible job, because for some reason they decided the person they wanted to do the review was an 80-year-old man, and didn't even like romance.
1: Didn't really like romance. <laughs> didn't really know what all this this lady talk was about. <laughs> Intrigued by yeah. it. Curious. Titillated. But also didn't, confused. Didn't see the point. Didn't see the point.
0: <laughs> Tried. My favorite was how it was... <laughs> My Favorite time was supposed to be a roundup of new books in the genre, and like some of the books he included were like 17 years old. Like, yeah, they came out in 2002. Well, you I...
1: know, in the grand scope of time, Danielle, <laughs> <laughs> just a blink oh of my God's God. eye. <laughs> Are we here?
0: (laughs) He got a little racist (laughs) because he was talking about. This is Alyssa Cole tweeted it. He was talking about how there was one romance which featured African an African American couple, and he said, "Although you wouldn't know they were African American if not for the photo on the cover." And everyone was like, "What are you talking about, guy?" Like was like, "They they, didn't even eat a
1: single piece of chicken, fried chicken." (laughs) I was like, "Oh yeah,
0: there wasn't a single ain't in the whole book." No, I counted, I looked. Like, what you trying to and say, so It boo-boo? was just, it was just, and then they doubled down because everyone was like, wow, this is terrible. And they're like, no, you all just don't know how to criticize. Yeah. You just don't know how critiques work. Yeah. And so they doubled down and didn't own up to the fact. And the New York Times have been doing that a lot because they did just recently do that puff piece on a Nazi. Yeah, and they're like, no, you all just don't get it.
1: I was like, no. (laughs) I mean, I know Nazis go to the Trader Joes and stuff because that's where I saw the guy with the two big Confederate flags driving around the black neighborhood. It's like, no, I know. I know that bigots and racists live in the neighborhood and look normal because those are the people who harass people. Yup. It's cousin Jed and bobby yep they're not like trolls who live under a bridge they look like you and me i know i know
0: well, they don't look like me but uh <laughs> but i hate those pieces because they're just writing to other white people because i don't think there's anyone who's of any color who's surprised that nazis that's just just look literally like what i'm saying like, no like one... They got
1: eyes they got arms yeah. they got legs they are people they are not a yeah. mythical beast monster There are, yeah, yeah, stop stop pretending like this is new.
0: Cause yeah. Cause someone did try to explain the point to me. Like they wanted to, I was like, well, I knew that. Yeah. And then she was like, you wouldn't like, there are people in my family. It's like, well, I, well, I suspect. It's like, no, no, they, they know it
1: too. I would have, they know it too.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. And it's just like, it was such a myopic piece. They, there was no, it was poorly edited. So I don't know the New York times. I also know they're having some struggles. So they are losing copy editors. They are losing money. Their their free articles have gone from 10 to 5. Personally, I don't mind it. By New York Times. I think they believe their their own hype for so long that they are the paper mm-hmm. of record. That they don't actively try to have any standards anymore. Because it must be great. The New York Times did it. Mm. Which isn't the case. Yeah. So. But yeah, we never talked about that. And I think now it's so old. And I think everything has been said. But yeah that was pretty great yeah the new york times trying to do romance Mm. um but that's it so yes that was a hope divided by Alyssa Mm -hmm. cole um i think we pretty much spoiled everything Mm -hmm. so hopefully you've read (laughs) it if not go read it anyway sorry we gave you a warning of quite a time yeah go read it anyway um so what are you currently
1: reading? Um, so So i read two books. Um, i read uh, My Brilliant Friend, um, which I really liked, um, an Italian novel. Because um, uh, I was like, you know, I haven't... I, I started feeling a little bad. I was like, you know, I haven't really read any Italian books. I should probably... It on that. So I read it, liked it. Um, I'll probably read the next couple. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe because it's it's a translated work, so I I don't know quite what I'm missing because there are parts where she's like, Oh, we're speaking in Italian, we're speaking in dialect and all this stuff, and I don't know. It's just like, what am I missing? Like what what in, I don't know I feel like I gotta read like a companion piece or some criticism of it and I literally like just finished it so it's still like really fresh in my mind And it's part of a trilogy so I'm like okay what's happening Mm -hmm. next Um, and then I also read um, uh, Wise Men's Wise Men Fear which is the second Mm -hmm. the follow up to A Name of the Wind which I talked about last time um, and I just absolutely love these books. Like, they're so amazing. Like, this is probably going to be on my end of year list. But I just had to say, Kvothe is that bitch. Like, he just is that bitch in these two books. And I'm like, <laughs> you're such an asshole. And you're nuts. And you're, like, super charismatic. And I just, Yep. This is exactly the type of main character I love reading. Like, imagine um, uh, Malcolm on steroids. I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just, I'm really in love with these books. I I probably won't say too much until we do like our end of year wrap up, but please somebody read these books and come Mm -hmm. talk to me. And then we can all get excited when Lin-Manuel writes the songs for the movie and we can geek out over them because everyone in my life right now is talking about how excited they are for Star Wars and Star Wars, and who do you think What's-Her-Name's-Daddy is, and do you think this, and do you think that? And what the fuck is a prog or a porg or, I don't know, it's some kind of Pokemon, and I just want to talk about the nerd stuff I like, and no one wants, no one wants to talk to me about it, so I'm salty.
0: I have two things to say to that. One, I'm glad Malcolm has left such an impression on you that you're using him to refer to other characters now. And I hope Alyssa Cole hears that too. I think Porg or Prague or whatever, does it not look like a straight ripoff of Gus from Saga? Every time I see it, I'm like, why, oh, why is that character from Saga in the Star Wars I movie? Really... Doesn't he look just like Frank him? is refusing to watch the trailer. He looks like the little seal.
1: So I have not seen the trailer. <laughs> like I saw it once. We went to see Thor. And I was kind of like, I don't know, my eyes kind of slid out of, I'm just, I'm sorry, guys. I just, I can't follow Star Wars as much. It just doesn't, there's just a blank spot in my mind. I just can't latch on to the story or remember the characters. So when I think.
0: uh, I like the new trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the new trilogy. I'm not a big fan of the prequels, and I'm not even that big of a fan of the original trilogy, but I like the new ones with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley and Oscar Isaac. I like them.
1: Yeah, I, I like John Boyega, and I like Daisy Ridley. I cannot remember what their names are in these movies.
0: Ray and Finn.
1: Okay, I don't, it's like, what did I I said like, something I the other day was, like, water going over a smooth, like, river stone. It's, like, it made, it's made no impression on me. And it's just very, very difficult for me to remember. Like, someone, again, going back to those Marvel movies, uh, we saw it or something, I was like, that was fun. And um, I have some, like, comic books up on my wall at my office, and so when someone, like, said something like, oh, you know, The Collector, or this or that, and the movie. And I was like, okay, but who who was that? That was, uh, um... So she was she was referencing the guy in Thor, who is from uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, who's Jeff Goldblum. Name? Jeff Goldblum. So she said uh, something something the collector, and I was like, Oh, Jeff Goldblum. And um, she was like, Who is that? She's she's <laughs> she she's a little bit younger than I am. So I was like. You know what she said? Who is Jeff Goldblum? I don't recognize that name. But then she was like, "No," and she was trying to explain it all to me. And she was like, "Well, I thought you would know because you have uh, comics up on your wall." And I was like, "I was like, yeah." Like my nerd, my nerd, <laughs> nerd credits have been called into question so many times because I'm not, I'm not hip to the right nerd stuff right now, and I'm salty. I'll admit it. I'm salty. <laughs> So please, please, someone go read these books, please, so we can say we read them before they got popular and talk to me about them on Twitter. Um, I'm Butterball Jackson right now and I'm looking (laughs) forward to it.
0: Yes. And um, this is my assignment to you then, Mm -hmm. because you are nerdy in this right field. Watch that trailer and tell me if that little animated seal does not look like us. From Saga. Did
1: I ever show you Frank got me a little stuffed Gus from Comic-Con? Mm-hmm.
0: And he looks adorable. And I love that character. And that's why and every has... time I see the trailer and I see that little animated thing, I'm like, what's he doing in this movie? You're and like, why is Gus
1: him. here? Does he have a big axe?
0: No. And he's not wearing, oh. like, his little overalls. Oh. But he looks, the character, like, the design.
1: He doesn't have any clothes on, does no, he? No, not in
0: the Star Wars
1: I don't approve. He wears
0: little coveralls. Because okay, are there animals?
1: Animals are always wearing clothes in Star Wars, right?
0: No, Chewbacca. Well, I think Chewbacca wears a bandolier.
1: Is that a sash? Yes. (laughs) Is that the sash he has on? Right. So, like, why does he wear clothes, but this other guy doesn't wear clothes? It's like why is Mickey friends with Goofy, but then he has Pluto? It's like what are the rules? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know. Those are different questions. I just want to Why? In
1: sometimes those in the near little future. Teletubbies, those little are uh, no. um those little Furby things in Star Wars, they wore clothes?
0: Why is did it this they? new thing wearing Oh, the clothes? Ewoks? Wasn't it implied they Are they like, the little teddy they, bears? Yeah, they like murdered a bunch of people and stole those clothes? Oh, did they? The Ewoks were a lot more violent. The Ewoks whatever were a lot more violent than I think people give them credit for there were multiple times when they threatened to eat the main characters i don't remember
1: any of this danielle (laughs) and i watched these movies last year (laughs) i watched all of them and i don't remember any of it my mind's going
0: i just like the the force awakens like i'm i do not like i don't even like rogue one i don't even like the little ones they're doing in between the trilogy i like the force awakens and i like that part of the story Everything else, I'm cool on.
1: Yeah, but so. you're more of a Star Trek person, though, right? I'm
0: more of a Star Trek person, which is why I definitely made that reference about the murdery <laughs> Taylor in the middle of this episode. And that's not even the first time I have referred to that character on this Oh, podcast. really? I'm
1: going to have to go back and listen now.
0: <laughs> so. Okay, what are you reading? I finally got my hands on a copy uh-huh. of Don't Call Us Dead, which ended up not winning but it was long listed for poetry in the National mm-hmm. Book Award. Nice. Um, and I am currently reading An Unkindness of Ghost, which is sort of a sci-fi uh. book by Rivers Solomon. And the book sort uh-huh. of takes place on this giant generational boat that's organized sort of, it's implied that the boat is organized by race and it sort of is a analogy and a take on like, it deals a lot with gender and it also sort of deals with like how we treat, like, marginalized people. So they're, the ship in the book is arranged by, like, race with, like, the lighter, fair-skinned upper class living on the upper decks. Mm-hmm. And then the lower decks are sort of the slums that are inhabited by the darker-skinned people. So I just oh, started no. it. Yeah, I just started it, but it's got really good reviews, and it sounds really mm-hmm. good, and I love me some good sci-fi. It has a really pretty cover, mm-hmm. too. so I. It does. So I'm really... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm reading that. Oh, and to bring it back, Alyssa Cole sent um the galley for her next book, Girl Is on Fire, um, which is a <laughs> contemporary. Um I have it right here. Wait a minute, what's it called? Um A Princess in Theory, which I'm getting coming to America vibes from. Basically. Or what's a, this new girl? This suits girl. Oh, Megan Megan. Yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. her last name. Merkel? Mer- no, not Merkel. Mm-hmm. Meghan, yes. Prince Harry's fiancé. So, yeah. So, I think it's um a galley. I'm really excited. I'm going to be reading this probably tonight. And it seems like there's a prince who goes to America to find his queen. And then he finds her. And I'm excited for it. It's a contemporary. So, I'm reading that one. I think it comes out in January. Let me look it up. Because I don't want to tell you all wrong. Um, they... They usually have the date on the book. This one comes out. It just says 2018, which is not helpful. Oh, February 2018. Hmm. So that's what I'm reading. Nice. So I think we're we're reading up. I think we just did an episode. Um, I was looking through my notes and I realized we never at all in this discussion touched upon how this book deals with the Southerners in the South. Like, the whole point of the book was to talk about Southerners in the South who didn't want to fight for the South. Oh. Yeah. Eh, that's okay. <laughs> we we'll talk about
1: the characters. Next time. Next time. Yeah.
0: There's. We'll just say it now. There are many characters in the book. I'm looking through our notes as we finish up. There are many characters in the book who are Southerners and they don't believe in the successionist succession mm-hmm. cause. So, they're skulkers. I mean, it's a point, deeply never layered book. It is, and... As I always say in my week synopsis, I can't cover everything. So yeah. I didn't have to Google what a bushwhacker was. <laughs> and they were basically the Missouri version of Jayhawks. So. Oh. Wah, wah.
1: Interesting. Um, I guess I, they couldn't have named the school. What if we had been the bushwhackers?
0: That's terrible. Hmm. I. So yeah, Molly and I went to Mizzou. Still better than the Jayhawks. We have a rivalry with Kansas. And can I just say, I'm like, it ain't that serious. Because, you know, there are some coaches. I think I told you that there's some basketball coaches. They make sure that they fuel up on the Kansas side so they don't have Girl, to buy Girl,
1: it area. might not be that serious in St. Louis. <laughs> but in <laughs> Kansas City, it's serious.
0: I love Kansas. It's I was thinking very... of moving to Kansas City. I was like, I want a job in oh, KC. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should.
0: I was like, get back to my um, roots. <laughs>
1: So, oh yeah, I mean yes. like definitely this book is very layered. If there's something we missed or that you want to talk about, um hit us up on Twitter, yes, at Black chick Lit or Instagram, BCL Podcast, or leave a comment on blackchicklit.com. Um you can also send any questions or comments or any other things you would want us to talk about to contact at blackchicklit.com. If there's something we missed or you want to talk about. Hit us up. We read it. We'll respond. Yes, we're not doing this, anything.
0: I mean, seriously, I'm out of school now, so I have nothing but time. We <laughs> do have a bonus question. I just, I think I was meaning to ask this and I was going to ask Molly, but now I'm just going to mm-hmm. ask it. It's safe enough. We want to know what is the best book you read in 2017? Yep. So.
1: What is the best, best book or best thing that you read? Essay, a comic? Yeah. Anything. So
0: it's the best thing or you snow. read in 2017 because we're going to have our roundup episode So we'll do our chat and then we'll do our roundup and we'll focus on what we read. So hit us up. So
1: no book for next month, right? Right. Um, It's just
0: us talking, which (laughs) we clearly don't do enough of. Um, If you see us on Twitter and you have two randos from at Danny Lacey or at M dash, that's also us. That's also us. yes to check us out there we're sorry if we're
1: just like Um, randomly liking your stuff
0: you're like who is i do that sometimes and then i'm like people probably don't know who i am so i should we should start making it a practice (laughs) to say who we are personally um (laughs) don't forget to rate review and subscribe to us on itunes or apple podcasts or whatever we're calling that platform as well as google play that Mm -hmm. helps other people find us so yeah
1: And um, we want to thank Sweet 45 for use of our theme song, Jones-In. Um, You can find them on SoundCloud um, if you are interested in hearing more of their stuff.
0: Yep. And I think that is it. I think we just had an episode. It's our final read of the year. Ah, yeah.
1: Final read of 2017.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Not our personal final read, but our final read altogether.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. So... Let us know what's the best thing that you've read in 2017, and we will see you in two weeks' time.
0: Yeah, later this month. We're going to have to really record to get all these out before 2018. I know.
1: We're going to have to be on it.
0: we'll do it. We're up for the challenge. Anything to avoid reading the news. Right? (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Stay sane. (laughs) mm <laughs>